Welcome into the 11 Dubcast. I'm Johnny. He's Andy. We are sitting here on a Sunday night uh, because that's when we record and we're, we're waiting with bated breath to see what's going to happen with the college football playoff final. We want to see who's going to win the national championship and it has to be LSU because if it's Clemson, I think we're both going to just rip our hair out and, and it's just we're, it's going to we're going to lose our minds. So um, I. I I don't know, man. Are you as because I'm actually pretty amped about this, and it's mostly because of my animosity towards Clemson. Other years when Ohio State has not been involved in the college football final, uh, I've been kind of like meh, you know, whatever. But this year, I'm actually pretty hyped about this particular game. How are you feeling about it uh, on Monday? I think if Joe Burrow weren't like king of the Tigers, I would probably have zero interest in this game. Just because I, I, I I'm not sure what other team after the way the Fiesta Bowl went down and in my as I've mentioned before Michigan level hatred for Clemson I was just kind of like all right the season's over and we're going to move on to the offseason and hey we have basketball and wrestling and those are good things like that was my internal like first blush but the storyline for LSU is just too good right we're playing yeah. this game in New Orleans as uh as everyone's um, uh, you know favorite whiner in chief pointed out, you know it's like they're playing <laughs> uh, you know a virtual home game for LSU. Dabo was crying at his cornflakes that it'd be like even Drago wrestling in St. Petersburg, and, and God bless him, <laughs> Farmer friends. Like I have no idea who these people even are. <laughs> so great little byplay. So you know it's like I've been going back and forth. I had to talk myself into getting super interested in this game. Uh, but I think it's going to be one for the ages because I, I just really feel like Burrow and LSU are going to just walk the dog. It's going to be yeah. it's going to be a, a big one. I think I think Joe B is going to going to smoke them. And, you know, look, Gimpy leg Justin Fields through for like 320 yards against Venables defense. I think a healthy Joe Burrow, who's an even better quarterback, is is going to do much the same. So we'll see how that goes. I So here's the deal. I want to talk about the college football playoff a little bit. Ohio State obviously isn't in it at this point, but I feel like at this point in time, and especially in the lead up to the championship game, but at this point in time every year, there are all these pundits that come out, all this commentary about what the college football playoff is and isn't and should be and won't be and all these other things. And I just want to have a quick conversation with you, Andy, about what do you want out of the college football playoff, right? Because when we talk about this, we we go through it and we're like, okay, you know, got to make sure Ohio State's in, but we want to make sure there's enough variety with the off chance that an SEC team might lose to a crappy team. Like, I, I just feel like we have all these expectations, especially as Ohio State fans, for what we want the college football playoff to look like. But it almost also feels like we don't really elaborate on it too much. We kind of we have this vague idea of competitiveness and the best teams and blah, blah, blah. I want to nail down what that actually means for you. So I'm going to start off with this question. You're designing the college football playoff. What is like the top two or three things that you absolutely need to see in terms of like venues, teams, amounts of teams, whatever? If you're designing this, what are like the top two or three things that you absolutely have to have in the college football playoff? I think number one is some number that's more than five. Like it feels okay. super silly to me that we have these these power five conferences. We call them power five for crying out loud in the bucket. And you, you know, one of them, uh, and in some cases more than one of them, are going to be out before the playoff even starts. So I, I just think that's silly. There's no reason, there's no 
there's no good defensible reason not to have each of those conferences take a shot. So some number more than five. I'm I'm a bit agnostic beyond that. I kind of like the idea of a six game playoff. I think maybe that's the maybe that's the sweet spot between this isn't the NCAA basketball tournament by where everybody that goes at least 500 gets in. Um, so, so I'm not necessarily in favor of that. So that's why maybe I struggle with, you know, what is eight too many six feels okay. Um, that that's maybe the one sort of non-negotiable. Then you start getting in the weeds and it's like, I could see, Hey, you know, if there was a setup where you played the first round on, uh, home campus, cause I love the spectacle that is college football, that'd be cool. But you know, there, the problem there is you have, uh, this issue with the, the bowls and these traditional bowl tie-ins and that's where it gets sort of mucky and funky part of me says the big 10 and pac 12 champions should just always play in the rose bowl and the acc and uh, sec champions should always play in you know the sugar bowl or the cotton bowl or something along those lines and then let the winners of those games duke it out in the plus one kind of game i don't know how that would all really be set up but i think the big thing you've got to figure out is just to where that we're taking out even more of objectivity uh is it better this way the the 14 we have now than it was when we're using the bcs computers and people whined about the computers every year i don't necessarily think it is i think this year's picks were probably pretty fine it's maybe the least controversial set of teams in the playoffs in a few years um but i yeah i think there's some i think there's some easy logical things if you came back and said andy i'd go a six-team playoff where you know, one and two have first round buys, then you know what? You might get me excited about that pretty easy. Yeah, I. so here's what I'll say. I need, this is what I need. This is what I absolutely need out of a uh, college football playoff. I want eight teams. I want there to be eight teams. And I. a lot of people complain like, well, it's going to water down like the quality of teams and blah, blah, blah. There aren't going to be clear, great teams and all this other stuff. I don't care. That's not something that matters yeah. to me. What does matter to me is opportunity. And along with those eight teams i think there needs to be fewer games uh played in college football i think they need to reduce the pre like the out of conference games the amount of out of conference games and focus more Mm -hmm. on uh individual conferences um and and make sure that conference teams are playing as many of those conference games as they can um so that for me is is paramount i want to see eight teams the other thing that's really paramount to me i agree with you i really want to see stuff on um campuses right i i I would love to see the first round of this on college campuses i know that's gonna as you said cause a little bit of trouble with the bowl tie-ins you got to figure it out okay so for me the top two things i want to see eight teams i want to see college campuses uh being played for the first round and then finally for me and this is to me not super important i don't think it's the you know most biggest thing or whatever but they've really got to vary where these national championship games are being played. And I'm not complaining like that, but I'm not saying like, oh, well, there's this huge advantage. It's, <laughs> it's going to be somewhat of an advantage for LSU, but that's such a, like, you can't plan for that, right? But to make this really a national sport, you've got to have, you know, national locations for these things. And I think college football has done such a poor job, even with things like, you know, Motor City Bowl and playing at Yankee Stadium. I think they've done such a poor job at moving the postseason north. and I, I just hate that. So I really, really want to see more options in terms of where the national championship game is played. And I know they want to, you know, they want a dome and all this stuff. I just, to me, I think you got to take that hit sometimes and, and play it and maybe inclement weather. That's, that's just going to have to happen. So those are my three things. And the other stuff that people complain about stuff like, you know, a lack of competitiveness, you might see blowouts. I'm fine with that. Right. We're, yeah. I'm sitting here, right. I've been doing the weekend editor stuff. I've been watching the NFL. 
I just watched a 51 to 31 blowout, right? Where Kansas City just smoked, right? Their opponent. They they took out the Houston Texans and Houston Texans had a lead. And then it was just like all freaking uh, Kansas City from there on out. That was a great game. It was a hilarious game to watch. And I had no problem with it. And that was a playoff game. And I'm fine with that. Yeah. It, yep. I, what I'm saying is blowouts can be interesting. They can still be fun in their own right. And the idea that we have to have this uber competitive thing every single time to me is just kind of silly. I want to see opportunity for teams. If it blows up in their face, fine. That doesn't mean that it's still not entertaining or fun to watch. So that's that's what I'm all about. I want to see entertainment. And, you know, and and one thing I'd I'd say too stop scheduling these games these playoff semifinal games you know like two days after christmas playing those games yeah. on the 28th took a little bit of 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 you know pep out of my ohio state's game was was an all-timer don't, don't get me wrong but then i was sitting there on new year's day like why the heck aren't i watching any meaningful football games today right you know, right like, what, exactly. what, what, are, what are we doing here why did we play these games three days ago so that that's one I'm like I think get the big games back on New Year's Day. You watch the Rose Bowl parade and then you turn on a game that really has some juice to it. Like that's that shouldn't be that hard for the TV brain trust to figure out. So let's put that back in the playoff. The other thing is maybe you know back to your question about how are we feeling about uh this LSU Clemson game. Uh, you know, the fact that we're now so this is the other challenge I have with expanding the playoff. You're you're playing this game two full weeks into the year. And, and it's like college football for me has been over for a while now. And then we're going to come back and play one more game. So that's my, so on the one hand, I I realize I'm talking like an economist here on the one hand, but on the other hand, on the other one hand, I want the semifinal played on new year's day. On the other hand, I have a hard time, you know, that we're now mid January. It feels like we're darn near to the super bowl and we're just playing this championship game. So I'm I'm not sure how to square those two issues, but, but those two things that kind of grind my gears this year. My only concern, my only concern with playing so close together, so you get the semifinal, and let's say you have a week and then you play the final, just things like injuries. But to me, oh, yeah. some of that can be yeah. mitigated. Totally get it. Yeah. To me, that can be mitigated a little bit by reducing the amount of games during the regular season. And and I know, especially with things like declining attendance and worrying about, you know, television contracts and all that stuff. So, you, I mean, it's not going to happen, right? Like you can't, you can't walk that pack. But I don't know. For me, it, there are a lot of unnecessary games that are played throughout the season. I don't even within conferences, right? <laughs> like, okay, you're going to beat Rutgers by 70 plus points. I get it. It's a big 10 conference game. You kind of have to play it, but that doesn't mean you have to do that three times when you add like Florida A&M or whoever else you want to include on the, on the schedule. So for me, I just, you know, I want to see, I want to see an exciting football season that ends in an exciting way where there's a lot of teams that are able to be involved. Um, where you're also getting the excitement of seeing these teams play meaningful games throughout the season, right? Because that increases the, um, I think, the drama on who's going to be able to be that final part. A lot of people say like, okay, well, you know, if you bring it up to eight, then, you know, there's just going to be an argument about who the eighth team is. Okay, but that's less of a problem than who the argument is over the fourth team, right? Like nobody's going to get super heated about the difference between eight and nine than if they would between the difference of four and five. So, that to me is a bit of a non-argument. And I just, well, again, all of my proposals are about excitement. I want to make sure that this is an exciting, fun thing that pretty much everybody can like check out and enjoy. Well, and here's the other thing that kind of takes some, some of the pep out of that argument for people that say, oh, you're going to have you know this controversy over eight versus nine. How much controversy was there over 
the four teams that got in this season. Right. I mean, like, we're, who was number five? I, I don't even remember now. Yeah, who, nobody, who was yeah the, nobody knows. Probably right. Alabama, so, frankly. Yeah, but it's like, no, there, and you know why? Because it was really clear that you had three really, really good teams and then Oklahoma. Like, it, everybody was pretty well on the same page that those were the three best teams. And Oklahoma had a case um, because they, they won their conference and the Pac 12 didn't have a champ that was better than Oklahoma, probably. Well, I was going to say what Oregon lost to, you know, whatever it was. It was an obvious sort of disqualifier situation. So, with that in mind, you you expand the state and let's say you've got the the five power fives get in automatically, highest group of six, and then two at largest. All right, that's super simple to figure out. Even if you just go top eight in the rankings, super easy to figure out. Guess what? Your five power five champs are all going to be in that top eight anyway. So no big deal there. And like you go down eight and nine in the order of this year, there's not, it's no, it's not going to be that much controversy. No. The problem that, that you have too, I always find when people debate these things is they want to use, you know, sort of arguments, uh, cherry picked arguments. So this year you had several people saying, well, look, geez, Oklahoma got blown out of the building by LSU. No need to expand the playoff. Well, yeah, that's true this year that you didn't have a right. compelling case for eight teams. But how many other years were there some really compelling cases where a deserving five team or even a deserving five and six got left out? How many times has Ohio State been in that spot? Well, a couple here in the last three years. So you can look and say, yeah, there were some obvious room uh, to expand and it makes sense. Don't just use the one year where there were three elite teams and everybody else as, as the example. Well, and I would also add that if you look at all these other bowl games, right, you see a lot of terrible freaking bowl <laughs> games out there. And everybody's like, that's fine. That's fine that there's 50 bowl games. It's, yeah. it's stupid, but everybody seems to be yeah. fine with it. And I just, I don't like, I don't know. I, I understand that you want to hold the playoff as this precious pearl that's it cannot be sullied by any terrible games. But there's been some really bad games, even among those four teams in the playoff. It's still interesting and it's still exciting to watch it happen and that's kind of my point like you don't have to guarantee an awesome game in a playoff situation you don't absolutely it's about the opportunity that's afforded to the particular teams that are in it and that's what's valuable not well, necessarily watching the greatest football imaginable because you're I mean, not going to you're not going to get the quote-unquote best team all the time playing in a championship you see that in professional sports all the time so like who gets hot who figured something out i mean that's and that's fine there's nothing wrong with that that's just sports titans beat the patriots the titans yeah. beat the ravens yeah, man. I, I mean, like, I would know, love to see Lamar Jackson in the Super Bowl. Period. Three weeks ago, was anybody saying the Titans were Super Bowl contenders? No, no, they weren't. This is a nine and seventeen that was not looking good, and they figured something out, and that's cool. Look, I love Lamar Jackson. I want to see Lamar Jackson in the Super Bowl. I want to see him win five Super Bowls, and he's awesome, incredible player to watch. But that's how playoffs work, and that's mm-hmm. okay. And yeah. I think that college football and college football fans need to accept that and be okay with that not getting the greatest result every single time because that's not what it's about. It's about the interest that's developed because of the way the playoffs are done. Um, so I don't know, man. Like I just, I, I think there's a lot of things that college football kind of needs to, and I understand like, you know, when you have this giant season, you know, and people are like, <laughs> well, then what was the point? Yeah. But again, that's the same stuff the NFL deals with and they still get record ratings and, you know, not everybody can be, you know, goat jeopardy, but, you know, they'll turn in some pretty good viewership numbers. And, and you take, super awesome. I say take, take, you know, the, the regular season, you want that to be 
you know, important and special. And, and I agree with that. I'm on board with that. Hey, you know what? Then we need to see all five power conference, uh, power five conferences playing a nine game yeah, schedule. Agree. You know, we, we need to agree that we're not scheduling FCS teams anymore. Okay. Yeah. Now let's, let's get those non-negotiables on the table. And, and then you can come back to me, fans of SEC teams and talk about, the importance and the sanctity of the regular season. You know, when right. you stop playing chicken shit right. Sunday, you can come back to me and we can talk about the importance of the regular season. We're yeah, already absolutely. there, the big 10 friends. So the rest of you want to get on the same page, then, then we can have that conversation. Right. So that's, I mean, that's kind of how I feel about it. And I'm excited for tomorrow. I, I seriously am. I want to see how it's all going to work out. By the time people listen to this, uh, the game will have been played. And I'm sure Joe Burrow will have won a, a national championship and scored 15 touchdowns and, you know, in a game against Clemson. But, you know, I, I just want to keep it in perspective a little bit because it doesn't always have to be the greatest thing ever. And if honestly, like I said, if LSU comes out and they win by 50, I want to enjoy the hell out of that. If Clemson comes out and wins by 50, I want to be pissed, but it'll still be something that like I'll watch and pay attention to because it'll be an event. So I just, you know, there is no perfect ideal that you're going to get with these games. And I just, I, I think that college football as a whole kind of needs to understand that and accept that and focus mm-hmm. more on accessibility rather than like perfection. Cause that's just never going to happen in college football. Why would you want it? Right? <laughs> like that's what college football is about. So I don't know, man. Um, however, the other thing that we can talk about that gets us a little riled up <laughs> is uh, Ohio state basketball. And we're talking about pursuit of perfection. This is where I would like to see a little bit more of that. Uh, yeah. So they're on a, a four-game skid now. It's it's not looking super hot for the basket Buckeyes. They got Kyle Young back. Kyle Young, by the way, obviously coming off appendicitis and appendix surgery, all that good stuff. Um, you want him to come back and perform well, and I'm feeling for the guy. Maybe should have sat out another game because <laughs> he had a horrible game uh, last time out. Um, I don't know, man. How are you feeling about this team right now? Because this is this is – supposedly like kind of a bounce back game and they did not do super high. Well, the, the fact that young felt the need to play or that Holtman felt the need for him to play that soon after appendicitis tells you how important he is to this team. And you know, how little confidence maybe that uh, coach had that he could get the job done at assembly hall Man, was that place an incredible venue for a basketball yeah, game? By the way, uh, you know, all, all props to to Indiana for keeping basketball. You know, it's it's high holy religion. I, I want to quote one of my favorite writers uh, at elevenwarriors.com to tell you how you asked how I feel about this team right now. Uh, one of my favorite writers put it this way: "Losing four games in a row is bad." Uh, so. <laughs> Hats oh, off. thank you. I appreciate that. Hats, yeah, that was that, to that Johnny Lee a really long time parse, but I did eventually find the words for how I felt about uh, about and, this. And, yeah, and so you you know you had a great piece uh, I thought over the weekend talking about this that um, this four game skid like that sounds really bad, but it's sort of become the the, the norm here. Oddly enough, um, at least yeah. in what if five out of the last seven seasons there have been a losing streak of four more games. One of the things I've said about basketball over the years, normally you're talking about in game, but basketball is a streaky game, right? You just look and sure. say, okay, you get, you get a team that's got a hot shooter. You've got a team that, you know, just can't get it going. Ba- basketball comes and goes in, in streaks and in spurts and fits and so on. Uh, this isn't the kind of streak that you like to get on. 
And, and what, what concerns me is what's going to turn it around. You and I were talking here a couple of weeks ago on the show about the schedule that Ohio State has, you know, here now that we're into Big Ten play, and it is a mall. I mean, yeah, they've brutal. just got a tough road. So that's what concerns me is how how do you turn this around? Where where's the bright spot in the end of the tunnel? I, I'm not I'm not sure I'm seeing it yet. Um, there was a neat little graphic during the game, I, and by neat I mean depressing as hell. <laughs> that has the Big Ten standings, and you know, Ohio State's what the second or third highest ranked team in the conference in terms of the national rankings. And they were at that time, one game ahead of Northwestern at the bottom of the conference. And oh, by the way, right. Northwestern won. So yeah, now they're tied. Not, <laughs> so there you go. Not great. Uh, uh, Nebraska, who, uh, who they have coming up is, is actually ranked ahead of them in the big yeah. standings right now, despite the fact that Nebraska is seven to nine. So yeah, man, it's, it is a little depressing. It's a little ridiculous. Yeah. So you take that Nebraska game and then you're on the road to Penn State and and you can, okay, you ought to have some confidence that you can beat Penn State, but you know, hard to beat a team twice in a season. There's there's cliche number number one and two, it's you're you're on the road this time. So that's that's uh disconcerting. And then um, you know, okay, Minnesota Northwestern, there's a pair of games that you'd like to say, okay, we can we can get maybe get back on the right side of the ledger with Minnesota, feel maybe pretty good about the Northwestern game. And then you're back at, and you're hosting Indiana who just handed it to you um, pretty heavily. So I, right. you know, it's the, the next, next two weeks uh, I think are going to tell us a lot about this team. Do they bounce back? You would like to think so. Um, but, but how do they get it done? You got to get better shooting defense is what's kept them in the, a couple of these games that look like they could have been, um, you know, runaways. So, right. you know, who's going to step up here um, and start putting some points, points on the board. There were times that Indiana game where it was like Andre Wesson was the only thing going um, like at all. Yeah. And that's not a sentence that you want to say often. <laughs> Andre Wesson should not be the one that has to lead the charge to get things back on the right track. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned. I, I think I've got faith in Chris Holtman to figure it out, but yeah, that was not a game I wanted to see the Buckeyes lose at all. Well, and the thing is, is that like I, in, in their defense and, and again, Ohio State, all the things that you said are absolutely true. They need way better shooting. Turnovers have not been good, obviously. Yeah. Have not gotten consistent offense from, you know, any of the players that they were looking at earlier in the season who were contributing, you know, eight, 10, 12 points a game. That's pretty much fallen by the wayside to become like Caleb Wesson experience and, and hope, mm -hmm. you know guys like DJ Carton or whoever is able to put up some threes, but the big 10 is really difficult this year. It is really difficult, right? You looked yeah. at a team, Michigan state, right? Michigan state, best team in the conference. They're so great. You know, they're got 13 games ranked in the top 10. Tom Izzo's got them rolling. They figured it out. They just got skunked by Purdue by what? Almost 30 points, something like that. Like what was the score? It was. Let me look this up real quick. I want to make sure I get this accurate. The score is seventy-one to forty-two. It hurts Purdue me to hear that, Johnny. Although, although, you know, but boiler up, boiler up. Let me let me say yeah. that. Got, uh, paid yeah, my dues. Purdue paid my dues to that fine university. <laughs> beat them by twenty-nine points. That is it. Anarchy? No, just college football. It was great. Yeah, John Rossi. Yeah, John Rossi <laughs> fell into like a coma after that happened. He was by, he by probably that T-shirt, like, stroked out, and his eyes rolled in the back of his head. He's like, I can't handle this too much pleasure. Um, 
but that's what I'm saying, man. Like this, look, the Big Ten's really, really difficult. And obviously that that's plus and minus, right? Like obviously yeah. Ohio State maybe not looks as bad as they actually are, or they look worse than they actually are, but that doesn't mean your schedule is going to get any easier either. So you get to play Nebraska, Penn State's difficult game. Minnesota already beat you this season, so that's fun. Uh, and then Northwestern, who you should be able to beat, but who the hell knows? Right. So, you know, it to me, look, if we're going to see an Ohio State turnaround, you know, we were talking about Final Four and all that stuff. That's I'm, I'm pretty sure that expectation is out the window. But to me, if this is going to be a March Madness team that makes a noise and even gets into March Madness, the next four games are going to be really telling, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, if they can go three and one against the next four, I'm going to be a believer again. I'll say, all right, they figure this thing out. If they go two and two and we're like, okay, this team has problems. They can still make March Madness. If they can't go at least 500 in the next two, I don't even, I mean, if you look at the schedule in February and into March, this is really tough. And if they don't go at least 500 in the next four, uh, there is even a chance they don't make March Madness. So to me, this is the most crucial part of the season thus far. Um, And hopefully they get it because after, after January is over, they got to play Indiana again. They got Michigan, they have Wisconsin again. They got Rutgers, which has a better record than Ohio state right now. Uh, Purdue was just beat, as we said, Michigan state by 30. Uh, You got Iowa, you got Maryland and then Nebraska. So this is, this will not get easier. And you got to make sure that you've got the chops to beat the teams you need to beat uh, in the next couple, um, next couple of weeks here. So just got to see somebody turn it on. I mean, I'm looking at the stats here. That four-game losing streak, I mean, you had three of the four where you shot 31 or 32%. The Wisconsin game was the best shooting game at 40.4%. You know, and and at least in that one, you're hitting 30% from behind the arc. That Maryland game, (laughs) 18.5%. 18.5% from three. I mean, that's that's nuts. And, yeah, yeah, you, you mentioned the turnovers. So 14, 14, 16, 22, 22 turnovers against West Virginia. Now I might say, okay, press Virginia. That's, that's a, that's a ball club that plays defense. So you're going to expect to see maybe an above average volume of turnovers, but still, you know, you're hitting two dozen, uh, you're, you're almost two dozen turnovers in that game. That's, that's, that's scary stuff. So you got to get handle the ball better, handle the ball. I just saw some, you know, especially late in that game, you know, in the last half of the second, just some dumb things where you're like, what, what, where, where were you? There was one where, and I'm trying to remember who was coming into the paint, but coming into the lane and it's like, all right, you're going to take a shot here or maybe at the very least draw the foul. And you try to kick it back out and throw it right into the arms of your opponent. Like what's the, what, what were you thinking there? It was just dumb. Right. There were two or three things like that where you just maybe throw the remote at the TV and say, today's not the day. Yeah. And that's, and like I said, that's, that's been the case, unfortunately, for the past four games and Ohio state's going to have to write that ship as, as quickly as they can, because it's, it's coming down on them pretty quick. Now we've talked about college football playoff, which Ohio state is understandably pretty salty about not being in the finals <laughs> of talk about basketball, which is just sucking complete ass right now. Let's talk about something positive. <laughs> and this is your area of expertise, Andy. Um, how's the wrestling team doing? They, they've been kicking a little ass recently. This has been a good week for them. It was a good, it was a good week for Ohio state. So you had two opponents come to Cavelli center in Columbus who were both ranked in the top 25 and undefeated on the season. Um, the first coming a uh, week ago, Monday as number then number seven, Ohio state 
handed number four, then number four, Arizona State, its first loss of the season. Classic match. Uh, the Wire, five matches uh, out of out of ten going to each team. And Arizona State was definitely the toughest out-of-conference opponent Ohio State had scheduled and the toughest home opponent Ohio State had scheduled all season long. Um, returning, defending, uh, returning former national champion, I should say, um, Zahid Valencia, uh, probably a Hodge Trophy favorite this season coming into Columbus. So a lot of talent on that team. Zeke Jones, who's head coach of Arizona State, is a former um, Olympic team coach, is just really um, got Arizona State humming as a program. You know, they're recruiting well, some really talented guys on that program. They're aggressive. And, and what you worried about going into that match, you know, Ohio State dropped a duel to Virginia Tech um, before Christmas, and, and it was something of a surprise. Virginia Tech's very good, but they weren't as good as Arizona State. So then you say, oh, geez, man, okay, Ohio State drops that duel. Um, Ohio State's had some roster changes this season. We're still tinkering a bit with the lineup and a couple different weight classes. So could Arizona State come in here? Um, and, and let me just add this into the calculus. Arizona State beat Penn State earlier this season, snapping the Nittany Lions' unbelievable 60-dual meet win streak. That's right. That's right. Going back, like, what, five years? I mean, it's, yeah. you know, it was a, an incredible feat. Um, not the modern record by any stretch. One of Dan Gable's Iowa teams had a, had a longer um, dual meet winning streak, but still 60 meets in a row is almost unfathomable. And Arizona State beat them now. <laughs> Penn State, Penn State is is down this year relative to their lofty expectations, their Alabama football esque, you know, New England Patriots esque expectations. Why, why is that, by the way, Andy? Why, well, so so some of it, um, yeah, some of it is injuries, right? And and this is, wrestling is one of those things, and, and people who don't follow the the sport super closely may not know this, but wrestling uh, is allowed to have nine point nine scholarships for. 10 starting positions. So you have 10 starters in the wrestling lineup going out to wrestle a dual meet. And it is, it is highly likely that most of them, maybe not any of them will have a full scholarship. Typically that 9.9 scholarships get parceled out among, you know, 10, 15, maybe 20 guys on the roster, depending on how your roster is built. So, so that's a challenge for wrestling programs. Now Penn state seems to have limitless resources, um, at their disposal, but typically you'll have seasons every now and then where you've gone four or five years in a row where you've just got, you know, really great lineup. Um, maybe you have some guys who, you know, become all Americans as freshmen or redshirt freshmen, something along those lines and, and are in the, and Ohio state certainly been there where you had guys like Nathan Tomasello, Miles Martin, you know, the Jordan brothers, um, Kyle Snyder, et cetera, who, who bit as pups to quote John Cooper and are just in the lineup forever. So Penn state's right. had some of those guys who have graduated. There's um, there are a few guys who are, um, uh, you know, injured or out of it. They've just lost a few actually here, even super recently where a couple guys, um, including one that was a transfer that was supposed to really help them out uh, who, who are out for the season. So they've had some injury issues, had some graduation issues. This is just one of those years. Oh, the other thing that you have too, is this is an Olympic year. So not just Penn state, oh, okay. but there are a few, there are a few programs where there's a thing called the Olympic red shirt. So if you meet certain criteria, namely that you've you know been on a world team in the past, or you won the U S open, or there, there are a number of things that you could do to earn the right to take an Olympic red shirt. You say, you know what, I'm going to focus on, 
trying to make the U.S. Olympic team, and so I'm going to take a year off. So there was, uh, there was thought that Ohio State heavyweight Chase Singletary would do that this season, uh, opted not to, went ahead and wrestled. Now he's out anyway due to an injury, and they're probably going to try to get um, a medical waiver for him. But that also has changed, you know, a couple, couple roster, a uh, couple rosters around the country where super tough guys are are out because they're pursuing their Olympic dreams. Uh, back to Ohio State, though, absolutely tremendous. So Monday night, hand Arizona State their first loss of the season in in an instant classic, and then Friday night come back and host Rutgers, who at that time was ranked number twenty four in the country, and Ohio State just walked the dog on them one six out of ten. Uh, matches three of the the six no four of the six by major decision and and uh just kind of a nice little romp 22 to 13 so oh, and yeah. Rutgers and people are like oh it's Rutgers but Rutgers is actually a really good wrestling program because New Jersey is just stocked to the gills with right. wrestling talent it's like going to Texas looking for football players right uh, so what does the future look like for this team then like what what are the what is their ceiling right now especially when you think about like NCAAs or things like that yeah, I mean, the goal is still very much for Ohio State to win a trophy in um, in Minneapolis at the end of, of March when they go to the NCAA championships. Uh, and, and when I say win a trophy, I mean, we're talking top three. That's that's the expectation, I think. Ohio sure. State's been in the top three. I gotta go back and look now, like five five of the past six years or something along those lines um, with, of course, one, one NCAA championship in there. So this is a team that's used to being um, national runner up or better during most of the 2010s. And so that's still the expectation. Now, Iowa appears to be firmly in the driver's seat this season. They are, um, you know, just kicking ass and taking names. Penn state certainly is still in the mix. Um, if not for the title, they may still be in the mix for the title, but, um, for, for a podium position at any rate. And then you've got a couple other, you know, really good teams, a big 10 wrestling, um, is certainly, you know, the best in the country. And, you know, because you have teams like Ohio State, Penn State, Iowa, um, all in the mix. But you have other teams. Uh, Nebraska is wrestling really well this season. Purdue is wrestling really well this season. So it's it's going to be a tough thing. Um, Oklahoma State's a good wrestling team. So it's going to be a really tough thing for Ohio State to, to do that. But that's still the goal very much is to finish up on the podium in Minneapolis, take a shot at a, you know, again, a, a big 10 title. Um, and in tournament play is a funny thing, right? So you, you have guys that maybe they get caught, you know, sleeping in, in a, in a second round of the tournament. Maybe they don't make it out of the blood round. Um, you know, if, if you can get Ohio state's got six guys who probably feel like have a shot at making all American, um, okay. you know, so if they can get five, six guys, wrestling on the second day of the tournament, then yeah, I mean, there's, there's some exciting things that can happen. You just never know in tournament play. There's, there's every year a team that you think is going to be a top two or three team that they just fall apart and can't get far enough into the bracket. Uh, and then you have others who, you know, like guys go on a run, get past the blood round and pile up the points. Yeah. And that's, I mean, you know, that's the thing because I feel like with wrestling, there's just, it, you watch these things on television, right? Like I, I still need to get out to a duel this year, but um, you watch these things on television, kind of feel the momentum, right? Like you can feel it shift sometimes, even when it's a one-on-one sport, it's just, it's really fascinating to watch. So uh, hopefully that can happen. You know, you get into March and, and all that stuff goes down. And it's, I mean, obviously one of the most entertaining sporting events to watch on television itself, but uh, yeah, I'm excited for it. And like you said, Ohio state seems to be doing pretty well. So I'm excited for that. That's, that's some good news. I think, to end our recap on i appreciate that 
We're going to get into Ask Us Anything, but before we do that, just want to remind you that the Dubcast is sponsored by the Dry Goods Store at 11warriors.com. Drygoods.11warriors.com. Uh, shirts, hats, stickers, more, all, all that kind of good, fun stuff. Uh, it is somehow going to get cooler in Ohio. I, I believe it. And so there are winter hats and other items available. So I would definitely check those out. I, I learned something really interesting this week that I, I have to share, Johnny. So what is that? What did they, you learn? What, what do you, what do you call it? you? You really like that, that winter hat that uh, they sell in the dry goods store. What, what do yeah. you call that? I just call it winter hat. You just call it a winter hat. What, 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 what are other names that, that you um, have heard that particular style of hat called? Oh, I guess like past? a toque. Call it yeah, I'd never heard this before. So I was in Canada last week. Okay. Um, a and and uh, my I was up there visiting a client and uh, attending a conference, and they gave me a little welcome gift for coming to Canada. And and it's this we we called them toboggans, although as um, my Canadian friend pointed out, a, a toboggan is a sled. That's and right. so I've heard people call them beanies, or uh, although to me again, a beanie has a propeller on top. But yeah. yeah, the Canadian, the Canadian term, this is a, this is a toque. And I think it's spelled like T-U-Q-U-E or something yeah, weird yeah. in Canadian like that. So yeah, so I, I got, uh, got me an O Canada toque. And, and uh, I, I thought, you know, we could change the name of that on the dry goods store and people's heads would explode because they wouldn't know I feel like we should. it was. I feel like we should because then we can charge more money because then it's artisanal and cool. I love it. So, instead of just a winter hat, which by the way, pretty, pretty good price actually for that. Yeah, hat. that's that a super sweet there. price for that hat. It really is. And I got to tell you something, I, I, I'm not, typically the kind of person who goes like out on a limb and says yeah this product's really freaking great the quality of hat is really good and you're only paying 18 bucks so it's pretty i would say that's you got yeah. maybe a valentine's thing coming i don't know i'm just saying it's not that's a legit. bad option uh so let's do ask us anything you can send us questions to dubcast at 11 worries.com or at 11 dubcast on twitter let's go ahead and start with uh our friend jimmy jimmy wants to know uh, what is more impressive, JT Barrett playing in the Big Ten title game less than a week after knee surgery or Kyle Young playing 22 minutes and getting 11 rebounds against West Virginia with appendicitis? Man, yeah, that's basketball guy right there. I, <laughs> God, yeah, I may have to give it think? to him. I, I may have to give it to him, honestly. I, yeah. I, was, primed, I was primed to say JTBIV because I love that guy. Sure. He is, he, he is one of my absolute favorite players. Uh, of all time, but I just can't imagine. And and the good Lord, you know, has, has seen fit to let me keep my appendix to this ripe old <laughs> age in my life. So I'm sort of assuming it's going to be with me for the duration. Uh-huh. So, so I haven't had that experience of having it forcibly ripped from my body after nearly exploding. Um, but dude could have died. Let's not, you know, yeah. let's not undersell this dude could have died and he's out there playing basketball. He gets the thing cut out. And then two games later, he's back at it. Hey, my hat's off to the young man. I, I, I can't, I can't vote against that. Yeah, I, one hundred percent agree. I mean, look, I, I give all the props in the world to JT Barrett doing what he did and going out and playing on a gimpy knee and all that kind of stuff. That's incredibly difficult and sucks and is hard. But I've had a gallbladder attack. I haven't had my appendix out. But I've definitely had a gallbladder attack. That's that's no fun. That's no fun for anyone. And to go out and play, you know, big time college basketball with that going on in your life, I that's 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 tough stuff. And for him to come back just a few games later after the surgery and then play, albeit again not super hot, but still play, I give him all the props in the world. I think that's pretty freaking amazing. Uh, and kind of to our question that we just discussed, and this one's from Alvin, he just wants to know um, who's been more impressive this season, the wrestling or the basketball team? Uh, 
And I guess, how about this? Because we already discussed this a little bit. Who do you think has the higher ceiling, the wrestling or the basketball team? I mean, if you'd asked me this two weeks ago, you know, if you'd asked me this before this four-game skid, I had a team and, and not meant it as a slight to the wrestling team. I just yeah. I thought the basketball team was doing something really special. Uh, so, I, boy, it's changed. I mean, it's changed a lot, and I don't, I don't want to just roll. Here's here's the thing about um, the the wrestling team and the, and the job they have ahead of them. So they're going to do fantastic in the dual meet schedule. So on the road this week uh, at Wisconsin, then back home to host Illinois. Um, the the road schedule for Ohio State's wrestling team is really tough this year. So you're at Iowa, you're at Minnesota, uh, you're at Nebraska, and at Penn State. I mean that is a tall order. Yeah, it's, it's but in reality tournament play is what determines who wins the conference. And I mean, you don't want to say that dual meets mean nothing. That's not, that's not true. They're really important and they're fun, great experiences, particularly in Cavelli center, but ultimately it comes down to tournament play. So, you know, I think Ohio state's goal, uh, you know, it's certainly to try to win a big 10 title. I, I think I was in the driver's seat there, um, but then come back in the top three for the basketball team though, on the other hand, you know, that NCAA basketball tournament, you see weird stuff happen every year, right? Like it, <laughs> you it, do, it, but it has, let me ask you this. Has the, has the wrestling team lost four duels in a row? Anyway? No, and God help us if they did. I mean, I like, know, that would be, that would be really weird. I mean, so Ohio, Ohio State wrestling team has lost, I think at most, maybe three duels in a season and the last, yeah. you know, like say, say, say 10 years total. Um, and, and that's not because they're not, playing you know scheduling great teams it's just Ohio State's typically had the talent to be that much better than everybody but say say Penn State or occasionally in Iowa and you know dual meet situation so but this the Ohio State's away Big Ten schedule and wrestling this year is really tough so like I say those four matches that they've got I said uh, Iowa Minnesota um, Nebraska and Penn State you know I, I mean, I, mean, I could. Rough, it's 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 reasonable to think that they could lose three of those four. I, right. I mean, I'm not I'm not calling that. Don't don't take that as me being super defeatist. But it's it's not out of the realm of possibility to say that you know Iowa and Penn State could both win, and then one of either Minnesota or Nebraska steal one. Here's what um, I think is interesting, though. Right? This is this is what I would say about that because people who aren't super familiar with wrestling, and I'm not saying I'm some expert or anything like that, but people who aren't super familiar with wrestling might see that let's say they lose three out of those four, right? Yeah. They might look at that and go, oh, wrestling team just not getting it done this year. And I don't think they'll be able to appreciate the level of competition that you're looking at, right? This is not even, even with the big 10 being as stacked yeah. as, it, as it is in college basketball and, and men's college basketball this season, it is not comparable to what you're looking at in, in collegiate wrestling. It is not the same thing. So yeah, you might lose three out of those four, that still means that Ohio State could be one of the top five or ten teams, right, in the country. Um, oh, absolutely, and, and because yeah. and because of those teams that that I just mentioned. So, you know, if you were going to go right now, well, I'll, I'll just tell you the um, you go to the National Wrestling As- uh, Coaches Association does a coaches poll. So, if you go back and you look at the coaches poll um, of, of the top ten teams, you know, teams that are all in it: Iowa, Nebraska, Penn State, Ohio State, Wisconsin, all in the top ten. All in the top 10. So it is not out of the realm of possibility to say at the end of the year that, you know, Iowa, Ohio State, and Penn State could be the top three teams 
<laughs> right. And Ohio State might lose to both of those. And, and oh, by the way, it won't matter because then at the tournament, Ohio State could come out and, and beat one or either or both of those in tournament play, even after losing to both of them, potentially, <laughs> in the regular season dual meet schedule. So it just, yeah, you're absolutely right. You can't, you can't read over much into uh, the wins and losses in dual meets the way the, that things are set up currently in college wrestling. Yeah, it's just, it, it's not, they are not comparable. And what I would say is that all of this means that you need to get out there and see one of these duels, right? You need to experience yeah. it. And you go out to the Gavelli and just, and, you know, do what you need to do to see this team play. Because a lot of times to see this team wrestle, because, you know, a lot of times people will go like, well, I Kyle Snyder's on the team. So I don't know. You know like who, it's still incredibly massively entertaining. It's still elite wrestling. It's still a really, I think, important cultural thing in the Midwest. Um, yeah, man, I, and you, I I'm got to get out to see team. Gary Traub, gas tank, Gary. That's right. Uh, can you, one can of the, you explain that a little bit, by the way, cause that I, was I got it. Really yeah. I, I got to give a shout out. So Gary, Gary Traub is the pride of uh, Sycamore high school in the Cincinnati area. Gary is, is a great guy. Gary is, um, we don't really use the term walk on a lot in, uh, college wrestling so much, but Gary would be what you would call a walk on. So he, he basically, you know, came to Ohio state cause he wanted to, he loves wrestling, loves Ohio state. And, and he would tell you, and it said so in a press conference this week, he never expected to be a starter at Ohio state, you know, cause he's behind guys like Kyle Snyder. He's behind chase right. Singletary. Gary's the guy. Now he's wrestled admirably in, in relief. So Snyder, um, his, his latter years, he's wrestling so many international freestyle tournaments that he wrestled, I don't want to say the bare minimum number of college dual meets, but dual meets were not the most important thing in his life is the most sure. important thing was, you know, winning national and international titles. So Gary would have to come out and wrestle different times if, if Snyder wasn't available. And then this season he's doing the same thing for chase because chase Singletary started the year on the under 23 um, world team, the under 23 freestyle world team. And so he didn't start wrestling until, um, you know, into, into November. So Gary had been out wrestling for the team as sort of the backup, no big deal. Well, then Singletary gets injured at the Cliff Keen Las Vegas Invitational Tournament uh, at the beginning of December. And we come back from Christmas break and find out that it wasn't as minor an injury to Chase as it had originally been thought. Chase is going to seek, you know, basically the medical um, redshirt type waiver for the year. And, and Gary is now all of a sudden thrust into the spotlight. So Gary since is gone, I think I'm going to say like 18 and two um, <laughs> this season. He um, has just been, you know, tearing it up. And, and more importantly, like he may be the most popular wrestler on the team right now. How popular you say? So Cavelli <laughs> Center Friday night versus Rutgers. Gary's coming out. He isn't even out of the tunnel yet. And the, the 4,000 some people in attendance are going, Gary. Gary, <laughs> Gary, he comes out. Oh, it's amazing. And so he comes out and he wrestles these matches. He's got the biggest heart of anybody on the team. He refuses to lose. And, and he comes into the third period where, you know, heavyweights, a lot of times you get them into the third period and it's kind of like playing rope a dope or it's, you know, Rocky and even Drago that you're, you're on your last legs. You don't have any gas left and gas tank. Gary's got a full tank left because down in the waning seconds of these matches, He's getting go-ahead takedowns over, you know, guys that look like they're bigger, stronger, faster type opponents. And he 
just gets it done. The crowd loves him. It's an incredible story. That's awesome. Yeah. So check out Gas Tank Gary. I I mean, that's like I said, that's that's freaking fantastic. And you know, like I said, if you're looking for if you're looking for a positive, cool team to check out, if you're feeling a little dumps about you know, football didn't end the way we wanted. Basketball's not doing so hot. There, there are other sports, and they are great. And you should definitely women on a two-game win streak. By the way, that's right. And I just hoops, heard about so. that today. Yeah, they're on a two-game win streak. Uh, they, I mean, you know, they've got some re- legitimately really interesting players on the women's basketball team. Um, you know, I can't. I, I do a bad do- a job pronouncing uh, Dorka's name, but um, she had twenty-three. Uh, Hearson had, jeez. Uh, I think she had 17 points in 15 minutes. That's what it was. So, yeah. you know, Shabron is out there like kicking some ass. It's, it's, it's honestly, there's a lot of really good stuff out there. It's a good time. And I recommend people check it out. You know, there's, there's the Ohio state sports is a whole spectrum. And that's why we try to cover it here on the 11. I get a, you know, you got to give them seven kinds of props because they beat that team up North and then followed up by beating Penn state in the same weekend. Hey, you know what? Shoot that straight into my veins. Cause that's, that's, right. that's right. That's what it's all about. You win that's those two right. games. Happy, happy, joy, joy. Absolutely. Um, so anyway, that is the 11 dubcast for this week. Thanks to everybody for listening. We'll be back. We'll talk about that national championship game. And we'll see you next time. But until then, I'm Johnny. I'm Andy. Peace.